When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. I'm here as always, Steve Haller, hosting this wonderful, wonderful weekly event that's coming to you, coming to you from none other than the Not Carrier Dome. With me as always, uh, <laughs> Christian DeGuzman and Andy Pregler. What's going on, guys? It's like if we, you know, combined all the names that we came up with over the entirety of the past like three or four years. JMA Wireless was pretty low on the list. Yeah, I, I really wanted the Danny Dome myself, but... I, I, st- I still wanted the, the Wegmans Dome. I'm just disappointed there. Weg- Wegmans got too complacent out in front there. They were the odds-on favorite for so long that they thought that they could, you know, easily just slide on in, and JMA, <laughs> JMA Wireless was just like, nah, hold my beer. I, gotta, I am going to name the structure formerly known as the Carrier Dome, that has been formerly the Carrier Dome since 2018, whenever they decided yeah. to kind of freeze out the Carrier. stadium. Yeah, so, I well. So for anyone, I, stadium. I, I guess for anyone <laughs> who didn't hear, uh, it has been reported that the 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 naming deal in place for the giant concrete building that is on Syracuse's campus that happens to house all of our athletic events and currently is housing Monster Jam is. Uh, Possibly, most likely, probably going to be uh, renamed, and the naming new naming rights. Uh, so, a deal that had long been um, attempted to get out of, as Andy alluded to, uh, it will be renamed after JMA Wireless, um, a local Syracuse company that uh, rolls out five G infrastructure. Um, this deal, the original deal, was in place since nineteen eighty. It was like what two point five million for naming rights in perpetuity. At the time, that deal was awesome. Uh, here we are, forty years later, and that deal is significantly less than awesome. Um, <laughs> seeing the new deal is probably going to be more than that annually. Uh, so, well, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's other things that go into it, but I think the I think didn't the the Syracuse.com say something like three two five or uh, the rumored numbers well, are in that ballpark. Yeah, well, I think that this is the interesting part. Well, the serious, like, let's talk the serious part, and then we can make the jokes. The serious part about this is that, yes, as Steve alluded to, this is getting us out of arguably the worst naming rights deal that exists in North American sports. I do not think that any other naming rights deal was in perpetuity and at such a low ball per what people thought the annual value of that naming rights could be and what it was turning into especially for a company that is primarily no longer located in central New York. That is the, that is the icing on the cake of this whole thing. Um, however, as we were kind of talking about in the Slack conversation, which obviously the world doesn't get to see, there's a really good opportunity here for Syracuse to have found a way to strike a naming rights deal where they still get something in terms of financial value, but it would not be all that shocking if a majority of the deal was in the JMA offsetting the costs to improving what is the most notorious 
Wi-Fi experience in a major event <laughs> uh, arena structure in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, so those who tuned in this- last week, uh, Christian and I were complaining about the audio in the press box. Um, the audio's got nothing on the wireless. <laughs> so yes. Boy, does it ever. Holy moly. I remember as a student, I was working for Sidearm Sports, who at the time was attempting to work with Syracuse University on improving the infrastructure inside of the the bubble. And part of what they did was install Verizon uh, 5G boosters all along the ceiling of the dome. Like, not the internal ceiling, but the external ceiling. And that helped a little bit. But not a lot, because especially on any, basically anytime the capacity got over 20k, which was often pretty much every game that takes place in there that's not a lacrosse game, um, the Wi-Fi would start to crap out. And in an era of wireless communication for all of the media, for all the students, especially in an era where mobile ticketing is now the requirement and not an optional part of the experience... It's really unfortunate that Syracuse's Wi-Fi was so limited, even with the new um, renovations. So Kevin mentioned it and pointed out that it would make a ton of sense that this was probably the company that Syracuse was looking to to assist in fixing this problem in the quote-unquote stadium complex. And it would not be surprising, based off of my experience working with Sidearm, that a solution to this would cost several million dollars. And so I, I kind of agree with Kevin that there's a really good chance here that whatever the value of the naming rights deal is, like that's what is someone put onto a contract somewhere for liability purposes, but that Syracuse is actually going to walk away with a much smaller number and instead have a much better in-stadium wireless internet experience because that's really where this trade-off happens. Um, I, I think I think we'll know we won't know until next year because one this deal is not finalized yet, uh, at least not publicly, and two it sounds like there's going to be more construction taking place. We talked about this last week. There's more construction taking place um, and renovations taking place at the dome uh, with that new deal or with that money that's coming in from the state. So it, I, I guess this all kind of makes sense that it's happening at once. Um, but Steve, I'm kind of intrigued again. You have a little bit more of a background in, in both central New York and in these kinds of large scale infrastructure projects just related to your, you know, your profession. Uh, so I'm just curious as somebody who lives in the area, there's a limited number of, of companies that can pay this kind of money for these kinds of naming rights deal in Syracuse, probably more than we think, but it's still a limited number of companies. Um, does this do anything to help increase the brand recognition of this wireless company? And in general, do you think that the Dome experience is going to be improved next year over this year? Because again, I've never been inside the new stadium for a game. You and Christian both have been in for at least an event of some kind. Yeah, Christian's got significantly more experience with the new Dome than I do. Um, I've only been in there for the spring game, so not even at capacity, not even hitting the 20K that you're talking about. Uh, I can say when there's like seven people there watching a spring football game, the wireless was fine. Um, beyond that, <laughs> I really don't know. It's It, it seems like, you know, it, it couldn't hurt to have a bit of a bit of a touch-up, especially with, you know, the, the um, what is it, 5G wideband uh, type technology that they're trying to uh trying to utilize so it basically a a glorified mesh network um i don't know i I don't know if jma moves the needle at all it's but at the same time when you look at a lot of these stadium rights deals um there's a lot of stadiums out there that i mean they're named after things that you still have no idea what they are uh what is lumen Right. I'm putting money on a lighting company of some sort. Don't I have a clue? Um, the uh, Allianz. Oh. Al- What's that? <laughs> I think you skipped for a minute there, Christian. No, I'm just talking to the two uh, Sounders fans here. I'm just, I don't know what's. Oh, Lumen. Lumen oh, yeah. A, no, uh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about that. I have a friend who is from Seattle. Shout out, VJ. Um, Lumen is a local based like insurance, uh, like Pacific Northwest local insurance company kind of thing. Um, insurance. I'm pretty sure it's insurance. Um, 
or financial consulting. Uh, yeah, commercial real estate. Uh, or wait, sorry, that's the wrong one. Either way, um, they are some kind of business deal company, which I guess for Syracuse, we could have gotten that. <laughs> there's a there's more than a few of that. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's I guess that's my reaction to that when you said Lumen uh, is almost what we're going to get from this. Because, yes, Lumen bought CenturyLink, and the the clink became Lumen. However, in my head, it's still CenturyLink. And I guarantee for just about all of the Syracuse fan base for the foreseeable future, it doesn't matter what it will actually be on paper. It'll be the Carrier Dome, because that's what it's been for 40 years. Do people still call it Sports Authority Field? What? Denver. That's... Denver, yeah. I think, well, Denver was always mile high. Right, that's, to me, it's still mile high. And that's that's the crazy thing, is like, you know, uh, Seattle is still the Home Depot Center. Like, uh, it, it's, I mean, City Field is City Field, because they built it as that, but... Yeah, so it's, uh, oh, wait, wait. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do think that this is like, there is this interesting thing, and Christian, I'm sure that you've been on the ground for this, like, on campus. The... The university's disdain for calling the Carrier Dome carrier in an effort to devalue that contract in order to get them to give it up led to, you know, like we kind of alluded off the top. It's been since like 2018. And it, so that's like a full class cycle of students who came to Syracuse with it being forcibly called the stadium or, or the stadium complex instead of the Carrier Dome. And now Carrier Dome will be no more. And so I just kind of wonder, like, on campus with the vibe of the students, like, is there an attachment to the quote-unquote Carrier Dome? I've seen plenty of boomers on Facebook posts saying that they're never going to call it, uh, you know, JMA, that it's a disgrace that they're changing the name of whatever. We knew that reaction was coming, but I guess the more transient and the more pertinent piece is what do the people, like, what do the students on campus who, like, are going to the majority of the events feel about this slash does it even register? I think... I, I just from the based on the people I've talked to, there's kind of more of a well, they actually did it type of thing. Um, because yeah, there it's it's been kind of like in the back of your mind, like yeah, they haven't been really, you know, talking about it. But this is like a really first kind of sign that they were actually thinking about, you know, doing something about it. And it's. I, I can't speak for all the young people. <laughs> I'm not. The, I'm not. I'm not as young as you guys think. Um, so the. Oh yeah, I forget we're talking in college terms. Where, as a yeah. grad, as a grad student, you're already I'm, the old man. I'm, I'm. I am living away in dust as a college student. As right. a man in society, <laughs> I still have WD forty in my elbows for some reason. Um, <laughs> so here's. The thing it's probably the young people don't care because they don't have that, that attachment to the carrier dome they'll probably just call it the dome honestly people will probably just call it the dome i think that's the main consensus they'll call it the dome and they'll be fine with it i don't think people are going to call it the jma wireless dome i think the majority of people are going to call it the dome they there'll be you know the old guys who are like still it's the carrier dome it's archibald no it's not archibald um um it I think that's what it's going to be. It's that it's more of a wow, they did it. All right, let's keep calling it the dome. Oh, they're making more money. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's all anybody ever called it before, anyways. Like yeah, exactly. it was, it's always been the dome. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many. T I could probably count on my hands the t the amount of times over the past maybe five six years outside of having to write it in an article because you know that's what we have to do that I've used the actual term carrier dome like it's non-existent it's just oh we're going up to the dome maybe yeah. now it's the big roller coaster up there i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're yeah i was gonna say we're going to the state fair but that's very different around here uh that's uh, very 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 different yeah i i like again i do think that this is all kind of funny that we're um <sighs> This this means something to so many people because it's familiar and we're changing something that's familiar and that there's people don't like when that happens. I understand that. 
But at the end of the day, remember, people here are resistant to change. Right. And like, I am part of the reason why I vibe with Syracuse so much is because I, too, am resistant to change in a lot of ways. Finding a city and an environment that did that just just felt like I found a piece of me. Um, <laughs> that being said, it's a building. What matters is what happens in the building, not who decides to pay to have their name on the side of the building. Um, that being said, if you are currently in the Syracuse area, now would be a really good time to go take a photo next to the carrier dome that's like on the side of the building before they take that shit down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna do that. I really don't care <laughs> enough. I can take a picture number next to one of my 80,000 carrier dome tins. <laughs> yes, do they have to rebrand? So, okay, real question. Over, Like, what are the odds that they still have tins left over and they... Pl- Slap a JMA yes. wireless sticker hold, on them. Hold on. Yes. I'm going to, you guys keep this podcast going. I'm going to go check if they actually have carrier on those tins because that would change this whole do. thing. All right. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm, I, I love I how this conversation just was as tangential as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, I don't think they would do because, again, like if they have a void calling it the carrier dome, why would they put carrier on something that is commemorative of the carrier dome, even though it is still technically the carrier dome? Yes, that sentence made as much sense in my head as it, it did. I, I, you know what? This is like, this is my <clears throat> thing is that I think is very funny is that it is, um, it's just so stupid. Like, oh, there's the dome. For those of you who are watching, not watching on the live stream, Steve just pulled out a replica carrier dome tin. Uh, and oh, it's still on the plastic wrap. That's just incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. It went straight from the dome to my basement crawl space over here. So The one, yeah. that, the one that was inhabited by bats? Yes, yep. Okay, so, cool, cool. fun times. Uh, anybody who's not a long-time listener, that was about a year ago at this point. Uh, <laughs> had some minor, you know, furry, furry-flying companions that uh, showed up, so... Um, you know. I can confirm that they will not have to rebrand the tins. They are not, I repeat, not Carrier Dome branded. I love it. Um, this is this is the kind of journalism that, that we're here for. We track down <laughs> uh, Irish sailing vessels... We look at sponsorship deals on commemorative pin on tins. This is this is what you pay us the big bucks for. Uh, <laughs> so hear that, hear that Kevin? The, he said big bucks. <laughs> Not, oh wait, no, noons bucks. Got it. Noons bucks. Noons bucks. You guys uh, are getting paid. You know that. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, sorry, Christian. The jig is up. The news is out. Um, Damn it. So, Steve, I hate to inform you of something, um, but for those who have been trying to watch on Twitch, it is only you coming through. Yay! Hey. Uh, anyone <laughs> that... Oh, yeah, I, I just... Yeah, I know. I hit the unmute button that for some uh, reason got muted. Uh, thank I can you, Vinny, for, for letting us know. For anyone who is listening that was watching, uh, it, it's all good in podcast form. That was the waveform that I was oh. watching. So the audio for the podcast is great. Apologies for the video. We had a heck of a conversation, and if you're watching this now, feel free to check out the first 17 minutes of this on the podcast. It'll be very fun, I pinky promise. Um, I was going to transition us from talking about getting paid the big bucks to the company that pays us medium bucks, Homefield Apparel, sponsors of the Noons Magician podcast and probably a lot of other podcasts that you listen to. Uh, makers of fine vintage collegiate apparel, the softest t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, and joggers that you will find on either side of the Mississippi. Uh, Connor and company at Homefield Apparel have you covered with some of the best retro mascots uh, out there, such as our friend Mike Held at the Mike Held on Twitter, who was able to find a uh, shout out to his brother-in-law who found his missing Homefield Apparel shirt. And it was so important that he found, who was a, Mike, who was a Syracuse fan, it was important that he found his lost Tennessee Rocky t-shirt because that dog looks similar to his dog. We shout out all good dogs everywhere. Get a t-shirt of a college mascot that looks like your dog at Homefield Apparel using promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, for 10% off your first order. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Homefield. And the absolute best part is we have a, an actual review from Mike. And I quote, I have washed it, and it is still extremely comfortable. End quote. That's so, all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, t-shirt. what more do you need out of a t-shirt? I have, like, five of them and can confirm. 
No, three um, of them. Steve, I'm wearing, I'm, or, I'm not wearing, I'm reading a book about the Seattle Sounders. Shout out to Sounders going to the CCL finals. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, the And it's about uh, the, that, that first championship team. And I did not know this, but uh, Brad, no, was it Brad Evans? I think it was Brad Evans went to uh, home of the Zot and played soccer there. So now I need a soccer Zot t-shirt. Uh, we need them to get on that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna message Connor. I want I want a Zot playing soccer. That is my home field request. There you go. So. Uh, but after talking about fun Syracuse things, let's talk about not fun Syracuse things. Men's lacrosse. Um, mm. this is probably the second biggest story to come out of Syracuse this week. We're gonna talk about it very quickly. They lost to North Carolina or Duke. North Carolina. And Cornell. And Cornell. All this that, was this, that was this week also. Oh, uh, my yeah. God. That Cornell game. When oh, was, my God. Both, yeah. both, uh, both frustrating for equally different reasons. Yeah, when I was doing the rundown, I went back and I was like, wait, that, that was this week too? So I watched two full Syracuse lacrosse games this week, and they both sucked. For different, like you said, for very different reasons. <laughs> oh, that's not great. Yeah, for so. those that did live under a rock and did not watch these games, as you can tell by this wonderful reaction. Syracuse did not win either game. Uh, the Orange are now guaranteed to finish below 500 for the first time since 2017. They will miss the NCAA. 2007. Oh, sorry. Wow. That makes it so much worse. Uh, if memory serves me correct, 2017 was equally bad for equally different reasons. The bad Syracuse lacrosse seasons are happening more frequently than they used to. Uh, 2007, and the and they will not make the NCAA tournament. Um, this is all very bad, not very good. However, it is good to remember they are transitioning their program into a new head coach. They, are, they were smashed by injuries. They didn't have any depth to begin with. It's not that this was that this is expected or that this is okay. It's just that this was probably on the spectrum of, of potential outcomes, and we did not weight it properly in the range of expected outcomes. Was that yeah. too nerdy? No. no. I, I mean, it's appropriately nerdy for this podcast. Okay, thank you. That's all I asked <laughs> it, for. It fits the alley that we're normally in. Um, yeah, I don't know. That Cornell, the Cornell game, I guess if we're, if we're backing this up, the Cornell game... Again, we're we're going at this. I am not anywhere near a lacrosse expert. I just watch sports, and I happen to be watching lacrosse. Uh, there was a lot of frustrating things. There was a lot of good that happened early, and then there was a lot of defense trying to play hang on to this by the seat of our pants and failing while the offense kind of woke back up. Uh, it, it was a weird, weird game that ended up going to overtime, and Syracuse lost on a uh, golden goal heartbreaker. Um, and then apparently this weekend, no overtime was required for them to lose to North Carolina in equally late and heartbreaking fashion. So, I don't know. Um, I, I really... I did not... <laughs> What's that? I was going to say, I did not watch either game. Um, but I was gonna, just going to ask Christian, like, I know that you're the bigger lacrosse fan, but like, is this just as simple as this? This is this is just this year's team just never had it. This was never going to be it. And we kind of have to move on. Uh, what's option B? <laughs> <laughs> option B is this is a really weird roster selection that uh, is at the mercy of a first year head coach getting back used to the men's game with a new defensive coordinator and um, a couple of key injuries, including Owen Hiltz and, well, Owen Hiltz. Uh, <laughs> because the reason why I say is what's option B is because I think it's honestly a mixture of both. Um, it's probably, yes, there's, there's excuses built in. Yes, Gary Gate hasn't coached the men's. I don't think he's coached men's outdoor ever. He I think he's only coached pros. Yeah, but I, I think, I think, it, no, I yeah, think his right. pros. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because I box. think his pros, because yeah, because I believe his box, uh, I think the only time he coached men was box. I believe you're so, right. So, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's, 
the the reason why I'm struggling with this is because there's no easy fix to this Syracuse Lagrasse team because it mainly comes from the defense, in my opinion. Um, and as much as I want to believe that a once-in-a-lifetime recruit like Joey Spolina can fix a lot of problems, he doesn't solve the spine of the team, which is the defense. Um, and you need to have a strong defense, especially in the ACC, because you're not going to win ACC shootouts all the time. That's not a recipe for success in the ACC. And so that, that's a reason why, towards Andy's point, it's a team that was probably destined not to win in the beginning, just in general, just because of how much the defense was going to hold this team back. And there was a problem that was not easily solved based on the additions that were made in the recruiting and the transfer portal, and even in the coaching, to be honest. Uh, so, like, Dave Fratramal was good. He can't do it all. And if you don't, sometimes the coaching just can't overcome the talent that you may do or do not have. Yeah. That being said, there are some offensive things that you would have liked to see better, namely not so much of a reliance on Tucker Dordovic and Brendan Curry, uh, mainly Tucker Dordovic, because Brendan Curry has had an okay but not great uh, year, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously been the Dordovic show, but... Yeah, Curry had to a good not week, get a, yeah, overall on yeah, the season. But, yeah, but to not have a... But to not have another option, reliable option, outside of Dordovic is, I think, one of this team's big and limiting factors. Owen Siebold has had a down year. Um, I think a lot of us expected a lot more out of Siebold now that he's put into a prime position, but maybe because of the result he was put into a prime position to maybe try and succeed is the reason why his uh, minutes probably dropped. Um, or, or I should say his production kind of dropped because he was he might be better as a second midfield guy um, who maybe people kind of relax on. Uh, Mikey Berkman, this is his first year. We still don't know what we're going to get from him mm -hmm. um, in terms of a solid attacker. Um, so, I mean, this all changes next year because uh, if I'm correct, Dordovic's a redshirt junior. So, yeah. he technically... Last, he technically I, I think last week we had said that he was a senior. Uh, Kevin corrected us uh, and that he will be eligible to come back next next season. So, so you do have a three-headed monster of Spelina, uh, Dordovic, and Hiltz next year. Maybe that also helps you to move Dordovic back to midfield as well. You keep either Seabold or Berkman up at attack. Because I actually like that play a lot better, having yeah. Dordovic back at midfield instead of the attack. Um, I think that just benefits everyone better. But there is... There were a lot of underlying issues that couldn't be solved and could be solved. The things that could have been solved was a more efficient attack. I don't think we got the best out of that attack. But you could only do so much with the defense. That's why it's a mixture of both. Right. I mean, there were points in that Cornell game that they panned in. And for people that haven't watched, uh, a lot a lot of times when someone takes a timeout and they huddle in lacrosse, they're able to actually get a mic into the huddle. And you can hear what the coaches are telling them. And towards the end of the game, they, they had Petromala mic'd up, and he was laying out exactly what he wanted from the defense. And then they went out there, and the defense did exactly not what he <laughs> had said. And it was just, it's frustrating when they, like, the plan was there and everything was in place, and then it just happens to fall through the cracks from execution. And I, I get it. I've been on that end of things. Like, it's not easy in a game of that you know caliber pressure that end of end of game situation to make all of the plays but you got to make some of them and yeah. that's that's what this defense hasn't really done all year it's it's i don't know is it is it correctable i guess is the biggest question this offseason I, I mean do you think there's do you think there's hope christian defensively i'm not sure it's so tough to see defensively if there is hope on it. <laughs> That's yeah. not the answer I know people want to hear in general. It's you because I think it all comes down to the defense. Yeah. Honestly, I think the offensive uh, problems are correctable with a few tweaks and a few lineup changes that should come. It, you got to see what comes defensively, if anything comes defensively. And it's kind of tough to see that. 
Uh, I just saw a stat for the Carolina game that I did not like. Uh, Colin Creed, Carolina's uh, goalie, 18 saves on the day. Bobby Gavin and Harrison Thompson combined for... Give me an over-under on what you think that would be, Pregler. Give me 10. Give me 10, please. Let's say let's say over-under 10, Pregler. I was going to say, I'm going to go I'm going to go over, but I think it's going to be under. Uh, under. And if you just set the line at six, it still would have been under. Oh, no. <laughs> Five saves. Oh. Combined between the two of them. And they lost by one goal. So, yeah. Not great. Not a great look. Um, yeah. I don't I, like that. No, I, I do like that this team somehow, somehow this team, for all the ridiculousness that has happened, has been the team that got me into watching and liking watching lacrosse like significantly, <laughs> which is weird to say. But at the same time, it's it, it, yeah, there's there's some some things that need to happen. So to be fair, the last time Syracuse missed the playoffs, they went to back to back national championship games. OK, I'll take that. So there is hope. <laughs> there is always. Hope oh yeah, if it team. was if it was two thousand seven, then two thousand yeah oh eight oh nine. Oh eight oh nine were back to back national championship games. Yep. Oh nine, the last national championship should not have been the last national championship. That should have been twenty thirteen, and probably twenty fifteen as well. But you know, we'll gloss over those. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I still kick myself for living next to Foxborough for that one and not being there. Oh, hashtag disloyal idiot. Well, I had just moved to Boston and couldn't find anyone to go out there with me, and I should have just driven out for the hell of it. But hashtag disloyal idiot. Absolutely. Oh, I I fit the bill. <laughs> I'll claim it. So we all. Um, if people are wondering why we're bearing the lead on the women's team, it's because they just took care of business. Like they ended up housing <laughs> housing Louisville and Cornell. So it was because. The, the thing that fortunately or unfortunately about the women's team is that it kind of doesn't matter until they face Boston College. Um, yep. To be fair, Boston College did lose to Duke this week. Oh, so I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. I was actually with yeah. uh, my my in laws cousins who are Ithaca lacrosse players, and the the teenage girl literally screamed out, "Holy shit!" Boston College lost to Duke, and I was like, "Oh." I have interest in this. Explain. <laughs> Hold on. Hold up. Wait. This matters to me. Okay, I'll just stop. Um, I can't sing too many copyrighted songs because we will get DMCA'd on Twitch. Um, I the no. yeah, it's basically it. That's like, hey, great, you won against Louisville. The only notable thing about it is that it was at CBA and not in in the artist formerly known as the Carrier Dome because of trucks. <laughs> yep they're jamming this week um for the record that is actually the title of this podcast the artist formerly known as the carrier dome so uh <laughs> we're doing good <laughs> branding man perfect so so yeah the women women did what the women were supposed to do um we'll probably tie more into them next week or the week after i think the week after is when they end up unless something stupid happens next week you'll be hearing a lot more about them on that that bc week um, beyond lax, we have hoops and football. Which direction are we going to take this? Let's go hoops, and then we can get into the fun stuff. Okay. So basketball, the only thing of real note was that um, reportedly offered uh, center Syracuse native Quincy Ballard has chosen the Wichita State Shockers in a shocking move over the Syracuse Orange. Um, I don't know necessarily for the Syracuse roster, and here's your hot take of the day, if that's a bad thing. Um, I was always lukewarm on that transfer anyways. He was just going to sit behind Edwards and didn't have the ability to play like a stretch four. So, I don't know. Um, it, it would have yeah. been a good get for depth, but I don't think anybody should cry over spill milk on this one. Um great player uh if if he wanted to sit be like behind edwards as a depth piece but um he should go to wichita and be able to get some minutes and i think that's what we're gonna see moving out of the portal nowadays is everybody's looking to get minutes so you may see a lot more people transfer down a little to get some pt and figure out what's going on 
yeah, if since you can hit the portal multiple times, um, I I just I I'm with you, Steve. I think that this is a situation where there's some Syracuse people who really thought that he was going to be a good get, um, and I think the reality of the situation is is that unless he was good enough to push Jesse for playing time, um, it was never going to work out because nobody is going to hit the portal with the expectation that they're going to sit behind unless they're not good enough to play and they're and they are willing to take that um take that on the chin. So we saw that with Samir Torrance who was in a situation where he really wanted to come home, knew he could help, but knew he couldn't help right away. And this is and in this case Ballard's a kid who couldn't crack a rotation at Florida, got, you know, a preferred walk-on was chosen to play significant minutes instead of him. And at that point, you're definitely not going to stay. But there is also this question of, well, how far away from being good enough to play in the ACC are you? And to be fair, that's just not what Syracuse needs on this roster. They missed the NCAA tournament. They cannot afford to miss the NCAA tournament back-to-back years. They need to bring in players who can help. I'm more frustrated at anything. Um, If rumors are to be believed, which they aren't always, so I want to caveat with that. If Syracuse was actively recruiting him, and then couldn't land him, what are we doing here? Like, what is the process of going after transfers if this is the type of player that you're targeting and you still don't get them? Um, so I, I do think that there's a, a conversation to be had in there, but I think it's going to depend on what other players Syracuse is linked to. And I think Ballard was just the easiest because he lives in Syracuse. Everybody knew that he was going to take an official visit there. Information was going to be much more available. And I think it's a big thing as well with Ballard is that... He probably wanted to start. I think that was the... I Most people who go into the portal want to start. Again, like Andy said, Samir was willing to take a bench role, and that's why that was so effective for Syracuse, is that he kind of knew what he was getting himself into. I don't think Bauer necessarily is the same thing. He definitely could be a guy who starts if you give him enough minutes in the right time. Um, but again, as people have mentioned, he didn't even crack, crack Leonard Hamilton's rotation, and Hamilton rotates... A lot of guys. And by a lot of guys, we mean oh, a lot of guys. <laughs> he is the rotation. Like, the, <laughs> it's the definition. Like, it's just a picture of Leonard Hamilton's face. Leonard Hamilton stars as the rotation. <laughs> God. I mean, the Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> yep. That, that, so I, I just mentally had to stop myself from sending that down a weird <laughs> tangent. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we target. only got twenty. We only have we only have twenty minutes left to talk about football. Steve, give us that hot sweet football news. Oh Where's boy, news? Uh, just the fact that the FPI did come out. Uh, ESPN's oh, right. uh, football power index was released yesterday, and Syracuse was listed at sixty second with an early projection projection of a effectively a five and seven record because um, we can't have 0.8 or 0.2 wins. Uh, only three ACC teams start below Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Duke. Um, so of all the teams in the ACC, Syracuse is fourth from the bottom, including somehow Boston College ahead of us. Um, it's It seems weird. The Atlantic Division rolls out at Clemson. Uh, yeah, this is for... Best chance to win the Atlantic Division. Clemson, 74%. Wake, 7.7%. Uh, NC State, 7 um, Seminoles, 6.3%. Cardinals. What's that? Cardinals. Louisville. Louisville. Oh, there's no there's no Cardinal emoji? Really? Yeah. Huh. It's a Robin. So I'm, tra- I'm translating this off of, uh, off Emojis. of emoji tweet. So uh, <laughs> Louisville at 34 uh, Boston College at 0.7 and Syracuse at 0.2. I'm we not forget a doctor, that. But that's not great. <laughs> we also forget that Boston College has a quarterback who has proven that he can actually throw a ball. Fair. That is a fair assessment. Um, yeah. I, I can I say something that might be controversial here. I thought that was way more optimistic than everybody else than than it should be. Yeah. I know that Syracuse has a lot of returning production. I know that Syracuse has like a lot of things to like about it, but man, that schedule is just so difficult. I don't know how you hey, can consistently... Hey, hey, guess what? Uh, no, uh, three of your opponents are in the top 10 in the FPI rankings. Hi. Right. 
about <laughs> like, that. Like, you start getting into this, and it's like, yeah, I, I don't think Syracuse is going to be a bad team next year. I think that they have the schedule from hell. And when you run, like, simulations in that, it doesn't matter how good of a team you are. Like, when you have that much consistently high-level opposition, you're going to get your ass beat because it's a right. gauntlet. Remember we were talking at the beginning of the year um, in the roundtable, what's the toughest five-game stretch for Syracuse football? NC State, 26th in FPI. Clemson, 4th. Notre Dame, 5th. Pitt, ninth. Florida State, 31st. You want to throw in Wake as well, 30th. Yeah, about that. Oh. We have we have one team on our schedule not named Wagner that is uh, ranked below us in FPI. That's it, and that's the UConn Huskies at 130th. Um, Out of hurts. <laughs> so by this, we are technically not favored in any game outside of UConn and Wagner this season. And people think we can finish five and seven this year. I mean, but that's the point, is that, like, these FPI indexes, S&P Plus comes out, and they go, well, the math says y'all are going to win at least four games, and I just want to look at them and go, like, this is the first time in my life that the numbers are more optimistic in Syracuse than I am. Yeah. Like, th- that, that is not normally how this happens. Even in the 10-win season, like, we were always, like, the, the fluke team, and now the numbers are like, no, you guys are going to be contending for a fringe bowl spot, like, should things break your way. And I just want to go like I'm with I think that I might be the Christian of this year's predictions and say that like we might only win three games. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm still I'm still there. I'm still of the yeah I'm not convinced. Like yeah, there were a couple of, there were a couple of BS wins last year that well, kind of like boosted the resume. That's true, but there were also at least three BS losses. That is also very true. So what we, we we sit at BS average. <laughs> net, net, net BS is zero. Wait, we have regressed to the BS mean. <laughs> God. Uh, um, yeah. Maybe, maybe do... that's maybe come this fall. That's our new mark or our new uh, ranking. Four Newt, is an absolute podcast regressing to the BS mean. <laughs> it's gonna oh, happen Matt, now. That's the most fitting. <laughs> that's the most fitting tagline we've ever had. Uh, <laughs> Someone I, I gets want... someone gets Sean to write that book. It would be a great book. I'm not gonna lie. The history of Syracuse regressing to the BS mean is just full of every sport ever happening. Yeah. Oh That's... shit. <laughs> what happens when you BS too high? Did we just and go... then BS too low? Did did Christian just ESPN bring us into presents. ESPN <laughs> presents a new thirty for thirty? There you go. Syracuse regressing to the BS mean. God, did did Christian just bring us into an existential crisis? Oh, the youngins always do. <laughs> that's, you, you realize that's what this generation is famous for, right? Yeah, I was gonna True. say yeah. I said, <laughs> because because the midlife crises aren't happening at, at forty; they're now happening at my age, twenty-five. There you go. Yeah, I've I've somehow avoided the first one. I'm waiting for the second one. It's not going to be fun. It's okay. I'm. I'm just gonna. Tra- I've decided that in four years, when the World Cup happens, and I'll be like pre midlife crisis. I'm just traveling to all the U.S. World Cup games to fend it off. That's gonna be it. That's gonna be my going young again. It's gonna be great. I might die, but it's gonna be worth it. That's um, when. Andy, before- that's when. That's when Andy moves to London. <laughs> before we go down the soccer rabbit holes, I do want to just quickly talk about the football thing really quickly. Um, the schedule's really tough. We've been over that. The FPI kind of likes five and seven. Still think that's crazy. But when it comes to uh, the footballing that will take place, there is something that I am interested in, and I think it's becoming more and more apparent after we've had time to kind of ruminate on the spring game feelings. There's a really... um, I I was talking to a friend about this, and we were talking about soccer, uh, and we were talking about how certain teams just like... We were talking about Nashville, F, uh, Nashville SC, Nashville FC. I forget which one they SC. are. It's SC. SC. Thank you. And about how they just play the most cowardly form of soccer known to mankind, but they dumb it down so that basically the whole game, you you can be an excellent team, but if you, it doesn't matter how much better than them you are, they simplify the game to a point that they're always within spitting distance and they're always going to be able to potentially counter you draw you or take a one nil lead and then hold 
Um, it's very cowardly. I hate it. That being said, I'm starting to feel like Syracuse football might be doing that next year with Sean Tucker and the offense that Robert Anae and co wants to come in and run. We're like, I don't necessarily think that this team is going to be great. I don't think the numbers are going to back us up by being a great team. I do think that there is a chance when you play a very low risk type of football, if Syracuse can find a way to make that more explosive, because that was really what they were lacking in last year's running game was Schaefer and Tucker were consistent. They just weren't explosive. If you can add some explosive, that's a Freudian slip there. Oh, whoops. Sorry. There we go. Um, if Schrader, yeah, Schrader and, and Tucker were not ex, were not explosive by most measures. Like, you saw that they had a couple of big runs, but nowhere near as many as, like, good explosive running teams do. If they can add that element, a lot of that's on the offensive line, which we've kind of, which, again, Steve is somewhat optimistic about. I'm starting to think that this team might just be the soccer equivalent of the bunker and counter team, which I think is more exciting in football but would definitely be an interesting development to the Dino Babers high-flying offense. But last year, we did see him turn to the dark side and saw those offensive tempo numbers really take a hit. Yeah. What you're telling me is Syracuse football needs to play like those people on FIFA who play on ultra-defensive one-death drop-back and then just hit you on the counter-attack to score a one-nil win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I mean, the schedule is that hard. You're talking to a Chelsea fan here. I lived through, and I was a Chelsea fan during the original Jose Mourinho run, and I can say with good confidence that it is possible to defend like holy hell, throw a ball up at Didier Drogba, and watch the magic happen. And but who is who is Didier Drogba in this team? I, I would, Sean, Tucker? Sean Tucker has got to be Didier Drogba in this team. Um, I, I would say maybe at this point Schrader is the Andrei Shevchenko. Uh, where you don't quite know what you're getting. Um, could be really, really great. Could be other. So we'll see We'll see which Sheva shows up. Uh, that yeah, exemplifies Andre Shevchenko. That's good right there. <laughs> so anybody who got mm. that, bravo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Flor- maybe Flora Maluda, but... <laughs> So, was, so does Michael Jones need to change his number to eight so that he can become Frank Lampard? I would mm. say no. Mikel Jones is peak uh, Michael Essien. Like, oh, Michael he Essien, was that's bossing a good one. that midfield. That's, that's a good one, Michael Essien, yeah. So, yeah. Who's Petr Cech? Is that Garrett Williams or is that Deuce Chestnut? That's got to be Garrett. Yeah, okay. The old man. Yeah. Bye. By, by a couple months, probably. <laughs> so, so Garrett is better check. That makes Deuce by proxy Thibaut Courtois. No, oh, that would man. on that team that would make Deuce probably John Terry, back. John Terry, Ashley Cole, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, Ashley oh. Cole. <laughs> Deuce Chestnut is Ashley Cole. So, coming so, yeah. later to the website this week, Syracuse has the 2004 Chelsea team. <laughs> <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good article. Uh, <laughs> off-season content. Off-season content. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is absolutely great. Uh, that is, Ari, Arian Robin was on those teams, too. So, you know, mm. you've got high... Do we have a uh, high-flying offensive threat that only goes to his left? I mean, Alford. there's a really good chance that uh, one Jamie of the slot Alford. receivers turns into that. Oh, Damien Alford, yes. One trick. One trick. <laughs> one, tr- one trick. The, one trick. It's the go route down the left sideline. That's Damien Alford's only route. I'm convinced of it. So we have our Arian Robbins. I am it writing works. this. I am writing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is amazing. Oh, now that we've completely uh, lost half our listenership. <laughs> I was going to say, to all you soccer folks out there... Uh, uh, I actually did not do the MLS roundup yet, but that was what I wanted to get to. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; I didn't watch any any of our our boys this week. So um, I wanted to. I was trying to stay up late for the Seattle Miami game last night, um, but one, it was really late, and I go to bed uh, way earlier these days, so I couldn't really stay up for it. You're um, old, old man. I'm, I, I am so old. Um, but hold on, I'm pulling up to see because uh, Miami beat Seattle in Seattle, which absolutely nuts. That, that is nuts. It's, yes, uh, that was also and... known as uh, Yedlin's Revenge, I believe, was the title yes. of the game. 
Um, Mo Adams did get subbed out because, oh, my, oh gosh, he got a yellow card. <laughs> Cynical least, Mo Adams, that's fine. Yeah, I was going to say least uh, least shocking thing in the world. Um, I'm taking a look at his match log for from the game. Shout out to MLS. Uh, shout out to, to uh, the MLS also not owning MLS.com. Oh, yeah, that's uh, the real estate thing, right? Yep. Yes. MLS Mo soccer. Adams played... Mo Adams came on for the final seven minutes of the game. Oh, so, the yell- so the Ryan Raposo special. Yep, and got a yell. Instead of running around like a madman and getting a shot off, he ran around like a madman and got a yellow card. Uh, it's incredible on MLS.com. Mo Adams, 90 plus two, yellow card for time wasting. Oh, that'll do. <laughs> so, uh, Tayshon didn't do anything because Bruce didn't play this week. Yes. Um, and then the only other one would be Miles, which also, um, shout out to Brad Guzan. I really hope he's okay. I don't know if anybody saw it, but Atlanta plays on the same turf that Syracuse has at the complex formerly known as the stadium complex. And Guzan literally was just, uh, shifting his weight, like at a routine, like move around and the knee. What? It was lower. Oh, was it? Is it? Confirmed Achilles. Oh, no. Also, partly why I rose my or raised my hand because, well, I know how he feels. That is, is his his career might be done. Like yeah. at that age, eh, it's yeah, a, yeah, that's a good year rehab. So yeah, yeah, we might be oh. uh, we might be seeing assistant coach Brad Guzan here, unless oh. he didn't like unless he didn't rupture it. I didn't I didn't see anything official, but yeah, I I saw the way he was moving, <laughs> and that's the one thing I thought. Oh no. I, I so. feel I feel really sad about that. I, I, you can't tell. I feel really sad. I feel like Brad Guzan is like one of the last holdouts of the old generation, and he is still um, still kicking it. He's still um, kicking it. so my roommate uh, is from Atlanta, and mm-hmm. of course is an Atlanta United fan and an Atlanta uh, sports fan. He tweeted out with the injury of Guzan, uh, Atlanta United's next match will be the first since the. 2018 title game to not feature a single starter from said game. Wow. I mean, Atlanta's Atlanta's had some incredible consistency, even though they've had some incredible inconsistencies in a lot of different ways. Wait, hold on. Miles. Oh, Miles didn't start the final. He did yeah. not start he the started final. up until the semis. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles is the only Syracuse guy to get a full 90 going um, this past week in MLS. He, of course, played the full 90 minutes in a nil-nil draw. He 88.5% pass completion rate. Um, No, uh, uh, what's the word I was looking for? No cards either way. And uh, yeah, gets gets the clean sheet bonus. Oh, he had a 0.9 expected goals against, which... uh, I'm I'm looking at this MLS soccer. I don't know if you guys knew this. On each player page, they have their expected goals for and expected goals allowed in each game. And I forgot how good Miles was. And they have the World Cup qualifiers and the World Cup games uh, on each MLS player. Completely forgot how good Miles was in those uh, World Cup qualifiers. 0.8 expected goals allowed to Mexico in the World Cup qualifier uh, back in March. Yeah, it's not bad. That will play, as the kids say. He's so good. Man. Is, uh, somebody asked me the other day, and I, Steve, I know we kind of talked about this a bunch. Um, is he too old to get a Europe look? Um, I know that he's I not mean, old. If Matt Turner can go over there at 27, I, I think he, he may see some looks. He may not want to go. He's in a good situation at Atlanta. He's got, you know... Uh, his uh, what does he need his sight set on outside of a contract like he's he's in a good spot like he's starting week in week out he's a lockdown starter for the national team yeah I, I think the only way that he goes is if Atlanta gets a stupid amount of money and they basically ask him to go just so they can get that money right now yeah, yeah, and, like, and, like, and by stupid amount of money it'd probably have to be somewhere in the 15 million range or higher yeah I'd see him uh, my mental man, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because I'm not sure. I, but I, I guess I think like at the level he's going right now, he probably goes between somewhere five or ten. I was gonna say about seven and a half is what my brain was, yeah. was saying. <laughs> so I think we're on the same page there. Let me see what transfer yeah. market says because 
if anyone hasn't uh, ever looked at it, Transfer Market is one of the greatest websites ever if you enjoy soccer things. Um, every player under the sun and what their current valuation is. Uh, they have them valued at only 5.5. I could see him going for higher than that. The, Me too, the detriment yeah. to that is probably the fact that he is 25. Um, you know, he, he could go over and at least play a good couple of couple of years over in Europe. You know, some mid, mid-level mid Bundesliga team, something like that. Um, we, we've seen success with... And, and to be fair, that, that that is with the last update of November 2021. So mm-hmm. given some recent national team qualifiers, you know, maybe it bumps up that value a bit. Yeah. Defenders also don't go for big money unless you are elite and young. Like, right. it's, it's, it's very hard to... It's, it's a cro- uh, chronically undervalued position on the pitch. Don't get me started on, on that. I, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was just intrigued because I do think that it is... I honestly, and I mean this very seriously, did not consider that he just might not want to move. Um, but it does... The reasons that you gave made a lot of sense. And so long as the current U.S. men's national team people respect what he does uh, for his club team... Yeah, there's really no reason for him to move unless he want unless he really wants that additional challenge. Which right. you know what, Miles might be very content in MLS, and I don't blame him because Atlanta's a f- one of the fun clubs to play for here in the U.S. The other one being Seattle. Yay, go Seattle! Hi. Shout out, shout out to Miles having more goals for the national team than for Atlanta United. Yeah. <laughs> Clutch man. Um. So of that, now that we're, we're talking transfer, uh, transfer numbers, uh, it is amazing that a Syracuse alum has the current 10th highest outgoing value from MLS. Uh, who was that? Ajon? Yep. Seven, seven million plus 10% sign, or, uh, sell-on from uh, New England to Club Bruges, which was just under Zach Steffen's seven and a half. Um, Brian Reynolds, Brandon Aronson, Daryl DK, Josie, uh, Gonzalo Martinez, um, oh, PT, uh, who's like Gonzalo Martinez, who is that? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Pepe Davies and Miggy Almiron. Uh, so Atlanta yeah. apparently has tossed out a couple, you know, winners, but, um, th- you know, that five to seven range, like if they can get five and a half for him, I'm sure they send him. Um, the question is whether, because the one nice thing with soccer, if people don't know, is that the player has to actually agree to the transfer. It's not like U.S. sports, where they can just send you willy-nilly wherever the hell they feel like. You have to agree to terms with the new team, or the deal does not go through. So, And that's and, that, and that's why I said like Atlanta United. If anything, it's Atlanta United convincing Miles to go, right. because they get like a stupid amount of money for him. Yeah, and I, I don't know why every sport isn't like that because it doesn't make sense to sign someone to a contract and then just, you know, it, if I go to work for somebody, they can't just say, hey, uh, you're now going to work for this other company over here. Steve, this yeah. is capitalism. What do you think we're talking about here? Right. <laughs> so To be fair, soccer, international soccer is like capitalism personified, and yet we don't want to actually use the, a lot of those principles, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Very... We can we can save this for an off season podcast rant uh, because it will happen. <laughs> Waxing poetic on it. Welcome to oh the off season. Welcome to the off season. Today's topic: What happens if relegation and promotion is implemented across all U.S. sports, not just in professionals, but in college as well? Oh, so we go. What do we go? P P two P three like P two and then the other three, and it's like pro rel between those. Yeah, I think it could be fun. Why not? Yeah, listen. Because right now, if they were playing with that right now, uh, the Syracuse Syracuse would actually be releg Syracuse men's lacrosse would be relegated to Division Two, and Lemoyne lacrosse would be rel would be promoted to Division One, which is what they're trying to do anyway. So yeah, <laughs> don't hate it. Just gonna say, <laughs> don't no. hate it. I I uh, think it'd be a relevant relevant move. <laughs> I I think it could be interesting for all parties involved. Yeah, me too. Uh, which is all you can ask for. Uh, but on that note, I do think that we have reached our hour. Yay, we continue to go an hour in podcasts when absolutely nothing that we think of value happens, and yet we, here we are. We're able to, I we're say able it, to go. could it be done? But it can. 
and it always will be. So thank you for everybody who's listened uh, to our podcast this week. We really do appreciate the support. Thank you for watching on Twitch. Yes. uh, Well, I was just going to gloss right over those because you are an amazing producer. And for the most part, uh, I again, thank you, Vinny, for calling it out. I like that we have listeners who listen to the show. It's very cool. Um, and thank you for those who are listening on your podcast app of choice. Please rate us, review us, leave us five stars, so that way we can trick the algorithm into expanding the Ottoman Empire. Uh, thank you for those who are reading on newsmagician.com. We really appreciate it, and all of your support reading all of our articles. Thank you to Homefield Apparel, our wonderful sponsor. Again, use promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, for 10% off your first order. And as always, thank you to Steve. Thank you to Christian. Go Orange. Orange. Go Orange.